0: You're listening to The Go-Birds Pod, a Radio.com
1: podcast about your beloved birds. Hey! Hello! It is another edition of The Go-Birds Podcast, episode 205. The Go-Birds Podcast, presented by Park Sportsbook and Casino, Elliot... What's going on, buddy?
0: Very exciting. Very exciting. Ah, yeah. Pumped. I also like the, the best part is, first of all, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but like I've been having a rough day. Just not today's not my day. So, you know, I get get, get the news that we get to partner with Sparks, uh, uh, with Parks, I should say. So there's my first mistake. Partner with Parks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just very exciting. Like whenever I listen to, um, you know, other podcasts and they have partners and you can, they do it for a long time with one another. It's just exciting to see that grow. And I'm excited we do it with parks because we've been there before a lot, right? We go there basically, every, we were going there every week before this happened and sports are back. So I've been, you know, dabbling into gambling a little. Ooh, so it's, uh, you. yeah, gotta, you got yeah, gotta make some of this money back. So no, I'm, I'm <laughs> super, super pumped. I, I've, uh, I've had their app for a while, but it's very easy to use. Use, which is good for me since I would say you know more about gambling than I do. I still know a fair amount, but I would say it's very user friendly, which has been exciting now that baseball's back. The Phillies are coming back, and uh, the Sixers suck, but at least they're back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's not even talk about the Sixers. Why would we do that? We're an Eagles podcast. Um, I'm with you, man. We've been we've been out to parks. We spent um, basically once a week for a long time going out there, and it is just the best casino by far around here like nothing's even close it is so nice it is uh you you just go there and you feel comfortable it's nice like you said the app which you could just download in the app store is phenomenal it's super easy to use so um yeah i uh i'm with you elliot it's um i wouldn't want to just partner with anybody is the point I, i actually believe in parks i care about the product all that stuff so um it's it's really exciting man uh so thank you to park sportsbook and casino again the Go Birds podcast is presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino, and you'll hear a lot about parks from us moving forward. And uh we're super excited about it. Ellie, uh, let's let's jump in. As um, you know, sometimes in the offseason, you and I will be like, oh, you know, not much to talk about when right. we record, but today we actually have a pretty big thing to talk about. As um last well, night we finally we say we
0: have nothing to talk about, and then we remember we cover the Philadelphia Eagles, and something happens. Well, that's true. So, yeah, there's it's literally true. always and something.
1: something- Something definitely happened. So uh, uh, obviously I'm guessing most people who are listening to this know if you are, are one of the few who don't. Doug Peterson uh, has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, he'll be away from the Novocare complex for a little while. It's kind of an unspecified thing. Elliot, um, just off the cuff, your, your initial reaction last night, the Adam Schefter tweet comes out, um, Tim McManus report, all that stuff. What, what was your initial reaction to Just the news that that Doug Peterson is is
0: positive. Well, it came out at around 9, if I remember correctly. So I was getting ready to go to bed, since I go to bed early these days. But, like... We know. (laughs) Yeah, so quick little 9 o'clock bedtime. But, no, I mean, I don't know. Like, on one hand, you're shocked, right? Uh, It's kind of like when I see players around the league opt out, and then Marquise Goodwin opts out, and it just, just like, hits different, and it just impacts you in a different way. Um, I think seeing Doug test positive... It was, yeah. It was, it was shocking. I mean, I don't want to say scary because I don't, I don't know if that's the right word. But you know, you, you kind of think about players getting it, um, and since we always kind of view players in a weird way as like gladiators, and you know, they tear their ACL, and you kind even don't even really a lot of people don't like sympathize with that. But like, so the idea of a player testing positive, is something that's been discussed a lot, and then for Doug to get it, who I would argue is probably the most beloved sports figure in Philadelphia right now. Like, people certainly have their small issues with Doug, but I would say overall Doug is a beloved person in Philadelphia. And for him to get it, it just – it, like, just sucked. Like, I I saw it, and it was shocking. So, you know, the good news is he is asymptomatic. Uh, He has tested – like, he's tested positive for it twice. So I would guess he's already, you know, three to four days into this. Um, He needs to pass – Two tests within five days to retor- return or just wait 10 days. And at first I was confused as to how that could be the rule, but um, I read some stuff online and apparently that's based in the fact that after 10 days, the CDC believes even if you still have it, you're no longer contagious if you are asymptomatic. So if in 10 days he's asymptomatic, he can just return even if he's still testing positive. I don't know if they'll do that, but that's how the NFL and the NFLPA agreed to it. So he's not going to be out that long. Any time you miss is not great for a head coach, but they also are doing walkthroughs right now. The real practices aren't going to begin until I believe it's the 12th, and then the like real real practices begin on the 17th. So there's still some time, but yeah, I mean, look, like you asked me last week, one well, one of the readers, uh, one of the listeners asked, what would you want in a head coach? And I said just flat out Doug. So for him to get it, it was it was just uh, it sucked.
1: Yeah, it's jarring. Right. You know, and, and to your point, look, it's great I think, you know, now, uh uh, you know, uh twelve, thirteen, fourteen hours, whatever it is after um, the news came out and you, and you hear that he is asymptomatic. And Elliot, you actually had a chance to talk to him on a zoom call. We'll, we'll get to that, but it seems like he's in high spirits and he's doing well and all that. And it, it does kind of soften the edge of it a little bit. Cause For sure. I, I mean, when you, when you think about it and you made a great point, you know, we're talking about, you know, we don't think about with athletes kind of those injuries and you know, were kind of desensitized to it a little bit, but, but this is obviously different, but even still with the athletes and, and the, the, you know, we don't know. COVID seems to affect different people completely different ways, and that's a a scary thing. Yes. So it's it's you can't you know you're scared if anyone gets it. But I do think that you're a little bit more scared when when a coach gets it because we know what the numbers are, and we know that that you know the the people who are at higher risk, older, all that type of stuff. It is a little scarier. So the moment you hear Doug before you get the news that he's asymptomatic, all that type of stuff, I think it really does, you know, um, it, it is a little scary at first. You know the point, and I think that it's 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 nice to hear that he's doing so well. But uh, you know, it's not something to be taken lightly.
0: Well, and the this is a larger picture point about COVID. I don't want to go like too deep down this road, but the thing with COVID is I do think sometimes it's almost easy, not that it's easy to forget it's going on because it's all everyone talks about. It's all over the news. But you know, like sometimes if you're just like out for a walk, everything feels normal. And then you get notification you're just checking twitter and things have gotten a little bit more back to normal where you know people are complaining about the sixers the flyers looked great like there were games on yesterday right your dog's barking i mean things feel normal yeah well you mentioned the sixers that's your fault yeah there you go it's true i know uh, i know he was really upset about what tj warren did ruben ruben was not psyched yeah (laughs) yeah i'm sure that was tense in the household when that was happening but uh (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, like things feel back to normal. Then all of a sudden that hits and it's like, oh, that's right. We're dealing with like the worst pandemic maybe in the history, you know, of the country. So, um, but you mentioned, I talked to Doug and I will say this, Doug has a lot of good qualities and look, I'm not meaning to hype Doug up too much. I'm sure during the season, there'll be things to, to rip him for, but one of his best qualities, and I know that they feel this way inside the building and why I like him so much is he's just, a, he is a great leader. And he's a very comforting individual. Like when you talk to Doug and we talked to him today, like it was he I thought did a great job with it saying, look, I feel okay. I'm going to continue to lead the meetings and all that stuff. So um, I did feel better about the chances of there being a season after talking to Doug, much like how when the Phillies season first started to fall apart, I was kind of like, well, this is a really bad sign for football. And then you take time to think about it, and now the Phillies are playing again tonight, or at least knock on wood, they're supposed to be playing tonight. We'll see what happens, but <laughs> you know, like things do kind of move, they they continue, they go on. Um, so I think that uh, Doug, like you said, jarring is, is the right word. But and look, we didn't really, I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about it much on the last pod. Lane Johnson test positive, uh, Nate Gary and Jordan Myla to get added to the list. So I mean, you don't want to get into the business of ranking people, but like if you would have told me. The two of the five most important people on the Eagles this year are Doug and Lane, and they've they've already both been tested positive. Like that's, you know, it's it's not great. Uh, I still let, let me ask you before I, I give my opinion, how how have your opinions changed? And this is kind of a weekly thing now, but how have your opinions changed on whether you think the football season's gonna happen?
1: Um, they haven't changed a lot since we last spoke. I'm still pessimistic in a, in a grand sense. I, I think they're going to try. I just don't know if it's going to be able to finish or not. Um, I still lean towards no, but, um, look, I think that one thing we're seeing and it, I think you see it with baseball too, uh, you know, baseball, uh, an entire team goes down, uh, another team, the Cardinals are, are dealing with something now, but they're, they're pushing ahead. They're plowing yeah. forward, Um, And I do think the fact there was no, you know, cross team contamination, so to speak, that the Phillies did not test positive after playing a team that had that many positives in the Marlins is obviously a good sign for baseball's ability to to continue to move forward. But it does seem that that they're going to push forward. And I think the NFL is going to do the same thing. I think that um, and I, I think you kind of when you saw what Doug had to say today, you kind of get the feel that that. You know, the NFL is going to say, all right, this is going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're expecting people to test positive. We are not going in this, you know, we're not in a bubble. We're not the NBA and the NHL where if one person tests positive, it's a it's a major issue because then all of a sudden the bubble has been contaminated. This is a situation where I, I think the NFL is going in and saying, hey, you know, and I don't know if they have a number. I don't know if they have a, uh, what their. are Threshold is, so to speak, if you know what I mean. But I, I think that they're going into it saying, like, we expect people to test positive. We expect that we are going to have to deal with this all season long. And I think that's their mentality.
0: Two two things off of that. Uh the, the first I would say is um it's interesting how baseball is kind of like the poster child in a way of how not to handle the COVID thing, right? No bubble. They've had to uh, you know, cancel games. I think, what, seven teams have missed games at this point? Or at least, you know, had the— well, Yeah,
1: over 20% of teams didn't play this weekend. Right.
0: When you put rainouts and and postponements together. Well, but overall, like, let's say they, they wouldn't have missed a game yet what percentage of games do you think have been played? It has to be what 85% or am I, am I wrong yeah, about this? Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in that range. So it's, I would say it's still a very large amount. Like I was talking to someone about this earlier and they were like, you know, well hopefully things don't get as bad as they do in baseball. And yeah, hopefully they don't, but baseball has still played the large majority of their games. As you mentioned, there was no very little cross contamination when the Marlins uh, came in and they were like a walk COVID, you know, group just like everyone seemed to have it. So that was a good sign. So, Again, yeah, and this is like a larger thing that's going on in my life too. Like I, I feel like my perception of what's happening is so warped by what I read on Twitter. And so when when Doug gets it, it's like, oh, this is this is really bad. This is really bad. And, and it is. Like you don't want anybody to get sick. But then, you know, you go to sleep. The next morning you wake up, Doug talks. He looks the same. And he'll just, you know, hopefully knock a wood, come back. Now, uh, off of something Doug said – and I would say one of the other scary things about COVID is we don't know the long-term impacts of this. So it's easy for us now to sit here and say, Doug will be back in 10 days and he'll be fine. Like, But who knows? I mean, there was what's the pitcher that is having heart problems? Um,
1: Eduardo Rodriguez, right.
0: yeah, for Boston. So we, we, we don't know what, what what this could be. But um, Doug said this, and it's sick, but it's kind of true. He was like, I'm happy it happened now. He was like, I'm happy it happened now instead of happening in November. And once you get past how messed up it is to talk about the timing of somebody catching an infectious disease, like, he's right. I mean, he gets it now. He, in theory, from what we know of the science, won't catch it again. Uh, And I, I would also say that there is some benefit to him having it and knowing what it's like and having gone through it when he's the leader of an organization where other people are going to get it. Like, if Carson catches it in a month, or if Howie Rosemond, or if whoever, right? Doug has been through it. Doug knows what that's like. We already talked about how Doug is uniquely set up to handle this. I think this is, again, don't want to say it's a positive, but like Doug himself said, he's happy he got it now. And I do think there are some positive parts of that. There just are in in a weird way.
1: Yeah, it's one of those like, and I saw that Doug said that and I totally understand where it's coming from and I, I get the logic behind it. I think that... The problem with the statement is again, I think with the science we don't know enough about, yeah. you know how all that works and the antibodies and whether you could catch it again or a different strain or how it all. Work. Like we just don't know enough. So um, I I get it though. Look, I understand if, if there was a time for Doug Peterson if you said Doug, you're getting you know the ideally the point I think that is is kind of lost in Doug's point is like, hopefully he doesn't get it at all, right? I mean, that's the best case scenario is he doesn't get it at all. But yes, I understand what Doug's saying. If you had said to Doug Peterson, you're going to contract this at some point this season, he'd pick right now. You know, that would be the time that he would choose. Cause like you said, they're not even doing real training camp stuff yet. You know what I mean? Like this is as far as it goes, as good a time for Doug Peterson to miss, especially considering the, a lot of the learning stuff is being done virtually to begin with right now. Anyway, he can still do that type of stuff. So, yeah, I understand it. It's tough and I, and I understand that that mentality and certainly Doug saying it, you know, um put some weight to it, but at the same time I, I I struggle to say it's a good thing, but I know what you're saying. I and I don't I get the logic behind what Doug's saying. Well, and um, the other... And I do think your point about about dealing with it and understanding be able to help others granted, he's asymptomatic, so if someone gets it and has true, a a, true. a tougher case of it, it's a different scenario, but I do understand the point.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh I the other thing is I I read a uh I read a column today, I believe, I believe it was by Marcus Hayes of the Philadelphia Inquirer, kind of talking about how the NFL has to go to a bubble. And I do agree, like, now you can't just go to a bubble. Like, the NFL can't just say to its players, you have to go to a bubble or you're not playing. Like, they've already – there's been a collective bargaining agreement, the NFLPA, and the NFL has gone through it. And I do think that the NFL would benefit – we've seen the New Orleans Saints do this – of renting a hotel out or the Eagles – could do it. Uh, rent a hotel out by the facility and say, you know, we're going to put all our staff here because you can control them a little bit more than you can the players. Uh, and say, you know, we want everyone to stay here. And if you don't want to, you don't want to. But at least have that option. I don't think there's a downside to that. I, I think having a place where you know is relatively safe and that you're going to get transported back and forth that can only be a positive in, in trying to make this happen.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And if you can get buy-in from your players to do that, I think it is. it would behoove every single team to do that. Uh, I, absolutely. I mean, an absolute no-brainer in my mind. And again, to your point, it, it's hard to force that now, especially, you know, with the opt-out, thing and all that type of thing where, you know, you can't change the rules after telling players they have a certain time to opt out. You'd probably have to extend the opt out period if you did something, you know what I mean? Right. Like there's a lot of ramifications that go with that. But yeah, I'm, dude, if if you can get players to do that, that is at, any sort of control over where these guys are going and who they're interacting with is better, right? Yeah. I mean, like the more bubble-ish we can be, the better. I mean, we've seen, it, look, the, the issue with Major League Baseball is that the Marlins went out and partying in Atlanta. The issue is that the St. Louis Cardinals went to, went to a freaking casino. Like, that's what we're seeing here is that, you know, even if 90 plus, 98, 99, whatever percent of players buy in and commit, like, if you're not restricting their movements, if you're not controlling who they can interact with, then there's going to be people who are going to cause problems. I mean, and, we, we're seeing it play out.
0: And the tough part of that, too, is I think it's very easy for. Us, but also like just the general population to sit there and say, "Yeah, put them in a bubble, right? Like just just put them in a bubble." But like they're ju- they're employees just like we all are. I mean, they make ma- more money, but that doesn't change the fact that look, like I'm watching the uh, Celtics Blazers on on Sunday. And uh, Jason Tatum's son's, like, in the – he's a virtual fan, and they were talking about Jason Tatum, like, his son's two years old, and all of a sudden, you know, he had to totally. leave, and that's hard. And, like, I get that, again, to the point where we kind of make athletes gladiators and don't think about that stuff. Totally. But, like, I mean, think about, look, you just had Zoe. I mean, although I, I guess I shouldn't say just anymore. But, like, you know, imagine you having to sign up to go for a bubble. Or, like, it,
1: Elliot, it's a great point. I've th- Every time the bubble gets brought up, I think of Zoe. Yeah. And I think of, she's 20 months old right now, and how every day she's a new person, and she learns new words, right. and she's, like, growing and turning into something, and, and like, that's, that would be really hard for me to miss one day yeah. of that, much less months, and I get it. Look, we also understand that there are a lot of people who fight for this country, and, and do things where they are forced to leave their family for long periods of time, and, and uh, you know, I respect the the hell out of that, obviously. But at, at the same time, that's also, you can't force it upon people, I right. think is what we're trying to say. Like, I understand it. Like, because you do hear that. You hear a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, uh, people do it all the time for their jobs or whatever. And that is true. And there are situations where that happens. But it doesn't mean that it's like, just a no doubt like you players have to do this type of thing, you do have to think about the the actual life aspects and, of this, especially as we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like this is not like just leaving your family in a normal time. Right. It's
0: leaving them in a much scarier time in the world. Right. And so I, you know, and then you also look at the players around the league and I think there's definitely been more opt-outs than I expected, for sure. Like, they're still happening. I think there's been – I don't think there's been like a – Yeah, Jawan James today, like
1: the starting right tackle for the Broncos. I mean, you're seeing – and and I think the the thing is, it's not just like the lower tier players opting out. You're seeing legitimate NFL players, you know,
0: starting caliber, talented players opting out. Right. And and while that's interesting, like because they're giving up a lot of money, like – I think what's more interesting is some of the Fringer guys that have opted out. And I, I wanted to get your take on this because I've been thinking about it a lot. So from my understanding of this, and if I misunderstand understand it, I apologize. But my understanding is if you're a NFL player and you opt out on your own, by, you don't have a medical reason or you're not labeled high risk, you opt out, you get $150,000. But that money comes in the form of a loan. Like that you're essentially taking out your salary from 2021. Here's my question to you. If a player opts out and is cut next year, he does not he, – he not only uh, – he's not on the team, but he then owes the NFL or whatever his team was. So um I'm trying to give of an example. Like if Joe Ostman, let's say, someone that's a fringe roster player this year and presumably he will be a fringe roster player in 2020, if, 2021 if he makes team. If he opts out, he gets $150,000. But if he's cut prior to 2021, he has to pay that team back money. Let me ask you this. Put yourself in those shoes. How would that impact your decision? And do you think NFL teams are going to go after these players for that money? Because one hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money, especially if these guys are like coming out of college. They, you know, presumably don't have a lot of money. Uh, and you know, you hear a lot about how it's hard for NFL players once they're done playing to adjust to being and not being a football player. Paying back $150,000 is no small money, especially when you didn't really ever play in the NFL. So I'm just curious what, what your thoughts on that are because I've been thinking about it a lot recently.
1: Yeah, no, it's a really interesting question. Um, just on a basic level, to, to answer the first thing you said, I think it makes it harder for those players to opt out. Um you know, I think it makes it, it's a much more precarious decision. Do I think the NFL would go after them for the money? Yes, I do. I think that it is, it is, if it is billed as a loan against next year's salary, then I think that, the, and look, who knows, maybe there is some sort of provision in there that says if you are not employed with the same team next year, you don't have to pay it back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm guessing that's probably not in there because then otherwise you would see a lot more lower tier players trying to take advantage of this in case they don't make the roster next year. Right. Um, so my guess is, yeah, that that there's language in there that makes you liable for that. And you have to pay it back, just like any other type of loan. Yeah. So um, if assuming that's the case, and I, I don't know if it were me, and look, you can't, you know, taking a, a perfect example, Marquise Goodwin is not the exact type of person we're talking about, but it's close. I mean, he's a well, fringe he roster a guy. He was, would have made more money. Yeah. He's made money in his career and stuff. But the idea of someone who, who might not have made a roster this year anyway, and who knows if they'd make it next year, that type of thing. But... Um, if you're in a situation where family has to come first, then I think family has to come first no matter what, but I do think that it makes it tougher on some of those players. Like, I don't know if, if it were me and I didn't know if I was making a roster and I had to pay this back and I didn't know if I was going to be able to pay it back if I didn't make a roster, I would, it, it, it would concern me. I mean, it would be something, it would certainly, if nothing else, be a factor in my decision making. Well,
0: and I go back and forth because on one hand I'm like, look, if you're a player, you're afraid to to play the season for COVID reasons, which I would understand, and you take the money, like on one hand, I absolutely think you should have to pay that back. Like it's a loan. You made this decision knowing it, right? Like I don't, it's not the same as student loans, but as somebody that has a lot of student loans, like, you know, paying it back does suck. But at the end of the day, I did agree to do it, right? So um, I, I see that point, but then I'm also like the optics of the NFL potentially in a year, Trying to take money back from someone who didn't play because he was concerned about his safety and then is unable to pay them back because he's either out of the league and doesn't have a job or those type of things. Like it's, it'll be a really bad look. So I I just, I'll be like, hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully everybody that opts out makes teams next year and goes on to have a long, successful NFL career. But one thing that we're not talking about now that I think could be a story next year is these guys that are opting out potentially have to pay this money back. And it does put the NFL in a semi tough spot on what to do. Cause not like $150,000 is a lot of money to the NFL, but it still is $150,000 loan that you just gave to somebody that'll in theory end up never playing for your team.
1: No, it's, it's a really interesting hypothetical question that I'm sure some players out there are grappling with. And I think it's a, it's really interesting and I don't know how it'll play out. And look, I don't think there'll be that many examples of players who don't make a team and can't pay it back or whatever, but it could happen. And I'm, I think it's fascinating Hypothetical. Let's let's bring it back to Doug. What do you think um, from a purely football yeah. standpoint? Um, we've talked a lot about how one of the biggest advantages the Eagles have this year compared to the teams in their division is the fact they have a, a infrastructure that's been here. That you mm. know they have the same head coach, the only one with the same head coach, and all that type of stuff. Um, how big of a of a loss from a football perspective? is doug being out a couple weeks or do you think this is something that because of the the fact that it's not super intense training camp right now or the fact that he can still contribute virtually that it is something that shouldn't be more than much of a bump the road?
0: i i don't think it's a huge deal again doug's the most important person in that building so whenever he's not there it matters like i'm not going to sit here i mean if doug decided to go on vacation for 10 days i wouldn't be like well you're not going to miss much like so he he should be there like if he can and he can't be but so it is important like he's not going to be at the walkthroughs he's not going to be able to interact with these guys he's not going to be able to teach on the field um you know I don't know if they'll do something like crazy like put a tv up there so he can watch it live I mean in in theory I don't know the rules around that but they could maybe do something like that but nothing is going to be the same as him being in the building now He'll be able to watch the tape at the end of practice, right? He'll be able to talk to these players. He said he had virtual meetings with players on Tuesday morning. So, like, again, Doug's right. I mean, if he would have caught this 10 days from now, that would have been a bigger deal because they would have just been starting real practices where they're, like, doing 11-on-11 and installing all that. So it's a big deal. I mean, one thing that's being overlooked a little, maybe shouldn't be, is Press Press Taylor was also sent home. Uh, It seems like that was out of precaution, but he is also critically important. He's basically the quarterback coach. He's Doug's right-hand man when it comes to this type of stuff, and he's the passing game coordinator, and the passing game is the most important part of this team. So he's also not going to be there. He has to develop these quarterbacks where we know how important the backup is this year, right? So, like, that's not good. Um, Let me ask you this, and I'm saying this half-jokingly. Like, if you're another offensive— coach on the team were you a little jealous of the fact that clearly the team thinks he's spending so much time with press taylor but not
1: <laughs>
0: like are you kind of like what do you what do you mean you're hanging with press so much and i'm not like i'm the run game coordinator why why don't i need to be quarantined there's a little bit is a little like do you get a little jealous there no
1: um honestly yeah a little bit right like a little, little bit like Look, i guess in this case i'd probably be like oh i guess it's a good thing <laughs> right there so often but yeah no I, I would be a little bit like huh well that's interesting like, let's say on your show like
0: god forbid you know like the camera got you know tested positive and, and spike was like you know what richie you're probably okay but like james you're around him a lot you should probably
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good no it's actually a really good point yeah. like i'm uh
0: i'm yeah. sure there is someone in that building who raised an eyebrow like why yeah why aren't i quarantined when are these people wait, wait, that i don't yeah. know about but yeah. but and take it back on a serious note, like I would just be interested to know how that came to be. And I haven't found this out yet, but like, I mean, press Taylor is the quarterback coach. Like these guys are around. I mean, Doug and Doug and press Taylor are two of the most important people in the building and they're around the most important people in the building as well. So yeah, I mean, it seems like press will be back before Doug. Cause it seemed like it was more precautionary. Um, I thought it was also interesting that Doug said he's pretty sure he caught it outside of the facility. Um, just because he, you know he talked about safety felt in there. Jeff Statlin talked about how safe he felt in there. So I just I wonder where that happened. And it's so hard to know too. Like Doug could have been yeah. Doug could have been perfect social, you know, been like absolute perfect social distancing. And then he stops and get gas one day and someone you know walks by him too You know, something weird like that. So you just you just don't know. But I guess if you're talking about the outlook of the season, if Doug really did catch it outside the facility I guess you could read that as a positive thing—that you know he didn't get it from being a, being in the facility.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it, more so in the sense that you hope it doesn't spread to others and all that. But yeah, I, look, I don't, I don't read too much into whether he caught it outside or inside the facility. I, I suppose. Well, it is
0: critically important in some ways, right? I mean, you're, you're talking. Well,
1: about right, that. right, but. But but my I know what you're saying I know what you're saying but the point is I, I'm assuming he caught it out because there's no other positives that we know about in the building so you would think like well then who did he catch it from but um so I, I hadn't really considered it I guess is my point do you think that that's just lip service or do you think they really feel super comfortable in there uh, from from talking so I mean you could never know right. obviously but like just hearing the way
0: they've answered the questions do you think um, they
1: really like truly feel incredibly comfortable in there.
0: So Jeff Stoutland said he did. And from my years of just knowing him, he, he's like brutally honest. I mean, he was really honest about other players in that way that weren't flattering in that press conference. So like, he's just a brutally honest guy. And I would imagine like, you would feel comfortable because I mean, everyone that's listening to this is dealing with this in real life, like in hopefully taking precautions. Now, imagine if every time you walked into your house, it was a keyless entry, you were tested, you wore a mask. Like I, I like the precautions are putting into place are precautions that a lot of people are not dealing with on an everyday basis. No, it's a good and, point. And I feel safe. Like, You know, as safe as guess as you can. So I do think they genuinely do feel safe. Yes, because when you're in a facility like that with those precautions and there's so much more than you're doing in your everyday life, just because nobody can physically do that. Like nobody here carries a tracking device around with them when they walk around to know where they've been. No one, you know, knows everybody there around has been tested. So uh, I, I do. I do believe they feel safe. Yeah.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think from that perspective, that actually does make a lot of sense. Um, All right, Doug, say anything else interesting when he spoke uh, outside of um, you know, kind of stuff we talked about.
0: I guess the only other thing would be uh, just that Deuce is now like the acting head coach. Now, again, because they're not doing as much, I don't know how much more that responsibility takes on. But in all these years where we've talked about Deuce being passed over for offensive coordinator jobs, and Deuce talked about it this week, saying like – you know, everybody's a coordinator there. So I'd imagine like Deuce has been receiving raises and stuff. So from that point of view, like Deuce said, he was not upset. He's been passed over. But one thing they have done is they added assistant head coach to his title. And now that Doug's out, Deuce is the head coach. And this also means that, and again, science, I guess has shown, we don't think Doug will catch it again, but if whatever reason Doug is out on a Sunday, like Deuce looks like he'd be the guy that would step up. So, uh, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see how Deuce handled this. We, we won't really know. I mean, we'll talk to some of the players. But, you know, it's just interesting that he's the guy that's stepping up and, and is going to be the the head coach while Doug is gone.
1: Yeah, it would have been something if they passed Deuce over now, right? If they were like, ah, yeah. we're going to have Jeff Stoutland be the acting head coach. Wait a minute. I'm the assistant head right. coach.
0: Guys, what are we doing here? I mean, Jim Schwartz, I think you could make the argument – like is kind of the natural guy to do it. But I think Deuce makes a lot more sense. Like, first of all, all the guys love Deuce. Like he's a natural leader. I think he'll be able to like deliver the right tone in this setting to the players. When he talks to them, he's on the offensive side of the ball, which I think also matters. But yeah, no, I agree. If they would have passed over Deuce for this, it would have been not been good. Not not a good one. It would tough. have been tough. Yeah, not not a good It would fun. have been a tough I think it would have been a tough
1: one for Deuce to get to get by in on that one. Um all right. Any final thoughts before we kind of move on talking about Doug or, or Lane? We haven't really talked much about Lane, but just the whole kind of COVID
0: Eagles situation yeah. right now? Um, no. I would say not really. I mean, I have some thoughts about what Jeff Stalin said, but they were all football related. In terms of COVID stuff, No, I mean, like, it's weird. On one hand, it's very interesting to talk about, and I do enjoy it. On the other hand, it's like, God, I wish we were just talking about football. So I I sympathize with people that are sitting here and saying, like, why are you always starting to talk with COVID? But, like, it is the biggest thing going on. But I do wish, like, I was updating my training camp stats every day. Like, I, I do. But it just seems, you know, obviously this is the biggest story right now.
1: Yeah, I think we all do. It's it'd be pretty wild if we, you know, as an as an Eagles podcast just came on and just talked about stuff and not talked about right. the head coach. I mean, he's the only know, head
0: coach. I mean, Sean Payton did much earlier, but he's the only head coach right now in the all of sports, right, that has COVID. So it's certainly yeah. uh it's definitely noteworthy. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: could say that. Yeah. All right. Well, well to that point. Um and uh you know, obviously, uh more than anything, we hope that Doug continues to to feel good and stay asymptomatic and um, that he's back in action as soon as possible. And, and like you said, that anything they can learn from this, even if it's Doug learning that, you know, from, from how he got it or whatever, who knows it's, you know, hopefully can be a, a positive taken from it, but, but let's have a little fun, you know, cause we are, we can talk some Eagles, you know, the yeah. football is around the corner. I think it's 41 days right now till, till the which season starts. Which is wild.
0: So, which is, which, which is, is wild. wild. We're going to go yes. right into the games. Like as much as it's going to suck wild. not to have training camp, we are going to go right into the games.
1: Yeah, it's wild. Um, so I want to have a little fun, as, uh, again, uh, this podcast is now presented by Parks, Sportsbook, and Casino. They are our partners. We are very excited to be a part of them. So I want to have a little fun. Um, and, again, you can download the Parks uh, app, uh, at Parks, Casino, Sportsbook app, in the uh, App Store. And it is super user-friendly and a lot of fun. So I figured let's have some fun and Throw some over-unders. And I'm actually going to start with one that you can bet on at Parks. Now, some of these are just players we want to talk about and we're, we're setting our own over-unders for, but, but you can bet on some of this stuff over at Parks. And this one in particular, let's start with this one, Elliot, As you can go right now to the Parks app and you can bet on Carson Wentz over-under for next season 3,900 and a half yards. Will Carson oh. Wentz have over 3,900 yards essentially – throwing next year it's minus 110 either side you choose um so let's start with that this one you and we'll, we'll throw some fun ones back at each other and some ones that um just to kind of talk about some specific players but, but you can go bet on this specific bet right now at the parks app and i feel incredibly confident about my answer and i'm actually going to bet on it right okay. now with the parks <laughs> while we talk Uh, it's it's a stone cold over I mean he is absolutely getting over 3,900 yards passing this year I believe in it I know that the receivers don't necessarily set up as as ideal to help with that but um I I think I believe in him staying healthy he did it last year I think if he stays healthy I think he's gonna get over 3,900 yards he did last year I think he does this year
0: let me ask you James of the four years Carson Wentz has been in the NFL how many years has he passed over 3,900 yards
1: I'm gonna guess just once, Elliot. Just once. By the way you
0: that Just question. once, <laughs> and it was last year. So <laughs> yep. I agree with you. I think he'll play. I think he'll have the over. To me, this is literally the question could just be rephrased: How many games is Carson going to play? Because if Carson point. plays 16 games, he's throwing over for sure. There is no doubt in my mind. I think Carson is set to to have a good year. Uh, I think they're gonna throw the ball a ton. So I believe he will go over 3,900 yards. If he plays, you know, let's see. So in, in 2018, he played 11 games and he had 3,000 yards. So it wasn't that close then. Um, 2017, 13 games. He had 3,200. Obviously, we all know how good he was that year. Rookie year, 3,700. Last year, he just got over at 4,000. And as we all know, he had the most overrated stat in the history of stats where he did it with no receiver catching mm-hmm. over 500 yards. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to say over. Um yeah, I'm just, I would bet, I would bet, uh, I'd bet over, although I think you could argue the smart bet would be under because, you know, obviously we know with COVID, he could potentially miss time. And to be honest, like, he's been hurt and he wasn't hurt last year. So, uh, I, I would get, the smart bet would be under, but I would bet over because I guess I'm an idiot. So,
1: no, I know what you're saying. From a rationality standpoint, it might be smarter to take the, uh, the under, but, uh, I believe in Wentz this year. I believe he's going to go over. Let me throw a, a A fictional one at you because it 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 is hand in hand with this Wentz one but also you could answer it based on Wentz could still stay healthy and this could happen over under five passes thrown by Jalen Hurts
0: this season oh I okay um, again, for me, this is about a Wentz health thing because I do not believe Hertz will throw more than five passes if Wentz plays 16 games, like, unless it's in mop up duty. But I don't think you will see Hertz throw five, like, legitimate trick play passes. I don't think so. So, um, I also think there's a chance Nate Sudfeld is the one that goes in. If Carson suffers, like, he he sprains his ankle in the first quarter and he's out for the second but returns at halftime, I think you would see Sudfeld go in. Um, I think Hurts only goes in if Wentz suffers a long-term injury. So I am going to go... I guess I'll go over, but I don't feel confident about it.
1: Yeah, I would take the under. And it sounded like the, all the reasoning you said... Was what I was thinking, and it was why I was going to take the under. But then you went over.
0: Um, But all the reason you said I I will say, like, I mean, again, it's hard to predict if somebody's going to be hurt. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But I mean, Carson has missed games three straight years, right? Like significant type games because he missed the playoff game, and then he was hurt in 2017 and 2018, broke his ribs in 2019. So like, chances are he's going to get hurt. So it's also a question of who do you think the top backup is, Sudfeld or Hurts?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I do think it, it does – your point makes a lot of sense. If they need to finish out a game, maybe it's Sudfeld if they need – and look, also part of it is is how quickly does Hurts mature, right? I mean, right. how quickly does he – Learn the scheme, learn the offense in this weird offseason, weird training camp. Like, how quickly can they get Hurts up to speed where they feel comfortable with him taking over? Well, uh, and Press, Press Taylor
0: talked about that this week and did say that you know one benefit of them not being on the field is they've had a ton of time to really get into the playbook, and that is a big thing for uh, for quarterbacks and all players, but especially quarterbacks. So you know they're they're going to get field time. They're on the field now in walkthroughs, so you can visualize it better and actually move through the motions. But um, again, I think Hertz is the guy unless it's like for a quarter or two and they have to throw somebody in there. Also Sudfeld has long hair now. Curious if that changes your opinion on him.
1: Whoa, dude, really? Yeah, like I
0: I would describe it as like- How long? So it's not like Sunshine and Remember the Titans, but I would say it's kind of like Nick Foles when he was a bit of a rookie. Like I bet you'll be able to see see it. You'll be able to see it out of his helmet. You'll be able to see it out of his helmet, in my opinion. Wow.
1: Um, I think I like it more because of that I do
0: too yeah,
1: yeah I, def- I, think I that's, definitely that's do a, that's a positive I'm back in on Sudfunk because as
0: somebody that's grown my hair out during the quarantine and I've had it trimmed since but like I respect the people that are letting it grow it's a big confidence thing to me I like it I'm back in on Sudfell. <laughs> Back in. So if you're listening and you're saying getting your, domain, get your haircut, don't do it. Let it flow. Like this is the year of the long hair. So I, I like See, it. Yeah,
1: I think uh, as someone whose hair decides to flow up instead of down, up and out right. instead of down. Um, I don't know if I can condone the let it grow thing, but I, I get it. Uh, I get it. if you have if you have hair like Elliot's, if you have hair that grows out, and looks cool grow it out I
0: agree another hair another hair update I don't know if you have a Zach Ertz over under coming up but Zach Ertz has like it's not like a mohawk but it is essentially in some ways a mohawk it looks like his hair was really long he shaved the sides and it's kind of like spiking it up it looks like Mm. um not a fan of it. That's, not going to lie.
1: Yeah, that's the opposite direction for Yeah, me. I did not have
0: a Zach or it's over-under, but I would take the under with that yeah.
1: knowledge at hand now.
0: I have some... yeah It's I, not great. I don't like it. Um, I, I think Zach overall is one of the flyest players on the team, just like with his the way he dresses and all that, but... Oh
1: what we're gonna well now we at some point have to do a flyest players on the team thing Zach Zach is up there like I would be very interested to know who you think is the flyest player on the team and and what
0: the rankings would be Zach is the guy that like when everyone's waiting around to to interview him after the game he has to make sure he looks fly and like he takes his time and I, I respect that and I appreciate it and I think I see what he's going for with the hair but I'm not sure it's working I haven't seen it in person and I probably never will I guess this year but based off the pictures, I'm not a fan so yeah, but well, based
1: there. off your description, I'm I'm way out. Yeah.
0: So, uh, trade hurts. All right. Uh,
1: <laughs> all right. Let's stick with the games played theme. Uh, a couple of games played ones for you, and um, pretty important when you think about how this team is constructed. Over under twelve games played for Deshaun Jackson this season. Mm.
0: Twelve is the perfect number. Twelve is definitely the perfect number. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna go over. And I will say the reason why is that, all right, so my reasoning in my head, and I'll, I'll talk myself through this out loud and come to a final decision actually. I do believe Deshaun is one of those athletes like a Darren Sproles or Jason Peters that can somewhat defy like age. Like We've seen Jason Peters, and he's still gonna play at 38 years old. Regardless of the perception he gets hurt all the time, he's still playing. So he's someone that you know played a long time. And I think he's just a freak athlete. Darren Sproles I think is similar. But Darren Sproles also got hurt towards the end of his career quite a bit. So I guess I would say over on Deshaun, just because, you know, I look at his Instagram this offseason, looks like he's in super good shape. Yeah, and he's never really, I mean, he's never missed that many games. Like his snaps have gone down, but he's actually played quite a bit. Wow, I'm torn on this one, actually. All right, I'm, you go, and then I'm going to make my final guess.
1: I'm going to say under, uh, mostly just because I don't trust Deshaun. Like it is what it is, you know, that's. That's where I'm at. And it's a bummer, but I just don't trust Asron to stay healthy. I don't trust him to do what is necessary to stay on the field. You know? Yeah. And I, I just, um, it feels like that's the right number. If you had said Alshon for any number of games, I would say under. Um, I am not expecting anything out of Alshon this year. But that, real quick, um, it brings up a really interesting one because let's go back to the Parks Sportsbook app, which you can go bet on this specific over under. For the Eagles, 2021, 2021, Jalen Rieger, over, under 650 and a half yards. Now, that's a fascinating one, right? Because we're talking about Deshaun, Alshon, how many games they play. Like, if they don't play a lot of games, Jalen Rieger might have a lot of opportunities. 690, or excuse me, 650 is a, I would say, pretty high number for a rookie wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, might. So, I see that number, and I'm like... No chance, flat out under, I'll, I'll bet on it. But then I think, and I'm like, well, if I think Deshaun's not going to play over 12 games, and I think Alshon, who knows how many games are going to get out of him. I mean, the opportunity will be there. It's a fascinating one. I would still say under, but
0: I could see Rigger going over. I- I'll say under, but I could see how he could go. Over. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to set my final bet on Deshaun is under uh, before we move on to Rigger. So final bet on Deshaun is under. Um, with Rager, I think 650 is an insane amount. Like, to your point, it's almost such a crazy number that maybe I'm missing something. I mean, what's the last Eagles rookie to catch 650 yards at receiver?
1: It's a great question. I mean, Matt, um, Macklin maybe? I don't think
0: Aguilar did it. Maybe. Did he? As a rookie, Aguilar I don't think did. He yeah. had like 300. If he did, he was – yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he did it. Um, I mean, if we think – it, like if – let's say all the players on the team are healthy. Here's the players that are being game planned for, I believe, ahead of Rager. Deshaun, Alshon, Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders, maybe Dallas Goddard. So that's five. Like So he's pretty far down the pecking order. I think one thing people didn't take into consideration with Nelson is that he was always like fourth or fifth on the um, game plan order. So that I think impacted his, uh, his you know, what he could do. By the way, uh, Nelson has a rookie, 283 yards. So, wow. Yeah, uh, not great. Um I mean, Aguilar only topped 650 yards twice in five years, so um, I don't think Reger is going to come anywhere close to this. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just an insanely high number. Um, I think he'll he'll be a guy that I don't think he's going to get volume targets. I think he'll um, be targeted down the field. Whereas, as I said in the last pod, I think Deshaun will be volume targets. Um, and I don't think I think if Deshaun goes down, they're not going to trust Reger just to step right into there. So I'll go under.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a, a definitive under for me in terms of betting on it. But I I can paint a picture. I could see a world where he goes over. Um, let's stick on the part sports bet app because this is one where I feel actually pretty great about the answer. To this one, and you can go bet on this right now. Miles Sanders over under Elliot. Here, let me do this first because I think this will be interesting. What would you set the over under? For Miles Sanders combined rushing and receiving yards this year, obviously excluding the the playoffs. Success.
0: Well, I can tell you exactly what I'd set it for. I said it for 1,800 yards because I – So, go ahead.
1: Elliot, here's the hilarious thing. I also set it for 1,800 yards when I made my wow. own thing that I was going to ask to you. But guess what it is on the Park Sportsbook app? 1,375 and a half. Wow. okay wow. Whoever's listening to this podcast right now, pause it. Pause it right now. Go Make yourself your phone, some money. Go yeah. to the park sports app and bet on the over for Miles Sanders. Elliot and I both think 1800 is the right over under 1375 and a half. Elliot,
0: so let me let me tell you this if Miles Sanders plays at exactly the same level he did last year, but just gets the amount of touches he did over the last month of the season, which I think he will, he will average out to 320 touches for 1800 yards now. I don't know if he'll get to three twenty. That feels like a lot. I don't know if the Eagles are gonna to want to put that much on his body. But Deuce Staley said this week that their plan is just to put him in and go. He helped carry the offense at the end of last season. Third I mean, he had he had thirteen hundred yards last year as a rookie when he was a part time player for, you know, seventy percent of the season, sixty percent of the season. So yeah, I mean, of all the bets we've talked about, and I mean this look, this feels like the easiest bet ever. I mean, unless he gets hurt. It feels like such a no, but yeah, yeah you're betting against And for what it's rate. worth, he played 16 games last year. I know he had the hamstring injury at the end of last year, but I mean, he had 1,327 total yards last year on how many total touches? 229 touches. So if you just think he's going to get an extra 60 touches, I mean, that's he, he's over right there. Like it, As long as he plays at the level he did last year, I think there's plenty of reason to think he'll play better than he did last year, right? I mean, he's a year older, more comfortable. He'll be the number one guy. Yeah, I think this is this is a horrendously easy bet.
1: Yeah, again, go to the Part Sportsbook app yep. and uh, bet on that one. I have uh, I have one more for you. Uh, well, I have two more for you. Um, all right, I have a bunch. One is right. good. Okay, good. All right, why don't you fire a couple of me and I'll come back to you.
0: Okay, so these are ones I made up. Um, combined sacks for Javon Hargrave or Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson. So all three combined, eighteen. Um.
1: My gut says under. Okay.
0: Um, just because
1: I don't know if there'll be enough snaps. I mean, look, if Malik's playing on the outside some, like we were hoping for and stuff. I mean, that averages out to, to over six each, right? Theoretically, if they're going to be over
0: 18, one, one of them has to be yeah. over six.
1: Right. Um, that feels like a lot to me. Um, I would take the under, and I would feel pretty confident about
0: it. Okay, so... Cox three and a half sacks last year. Obviously had a down year, but year before that ten and a half, five and a half before that, six and a half before that. I think you can count on seven to eight sacks from Fletcher Cox next year. Um, I also think you'll get six to seven sacks from Hargrave. So t- wow. to me, optimistic. Yeah. So so to me, the question is Malik Jackson. Will you get three or four sacks from him? I would go under. Um, just because I'm not as confident as Malik Jackson. But that's my concern. It's not a Hargrave uh, or Fletcher Cox thing. It's a Malik Jackson concern. Um, All right, next one, keeping in the same vein, Jannard Avery, two two and a half sacks. I mean, (laughs) um, I'll go – look,
1: I I could very easily see how it's over, and they traded a fourth-round pick for the guy last year, so I hope it is. But, I mean, I've seen him play like six plays as an eagle. I'll go under.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think I would go under as well. Um, I don't love the fact that they kind of view him as like a Joker type player where he doesn't have a true role. Like I think they're just going to put him in different spots. Two and a half sacks is not easy when you're not when you're only playing twenty percent of the snaps each game, and I think that's roughly where he'll be at. So uh, I'll go under on that one as well. You want to go now? Right, let me All fire right. another bag of you. Um, Greg Ward,
1: over under sixty catches.
0: Okay, so one of my takes, as I think we have discussed on here, is I think there's a chance Greg Ward leads the receivers in catches, not including tight ends or running backs, leads the receivers. Um, He had 40 targets last year in seven games, 28 receptions. I think Carson has shown he really trusts him. Uh, We saw that in the Washington game. Obviously, we saw it in the – it was another. I guess the Dallas game. I think he had a big catch down the sideline. So he he has Carson's trust, which is big. We've seen with Ertz that when Carson trusts you, he will throw you the ball a lot. I think you saw that with Deshaun too last year in the limited time he played. So I think Greg Ward is high on that list. Um, if if people stay healthy, he won't get sixty catches. He he just won't. But if people get hurt, I he could. Um, I would bet the under, but I think it could end up being much closer than people think.
1: Yeah, I actually so I. I... I think it's a tough bet because
0: Greg Ward has, as you said, seven games
1: of NFL experience right. with which to rely upon. Um, but I, I, my gut is that he's going to be in that range. You know, my gut is that, like you said, especially looking at, you know, what we've already talked about, the fact that I don't have a lot of faith in Sean Jackson to, to stay on the field and make a big impact all season long. I don't have, really any faith in Alshon to be healthy and, and make an impact this season. And obviously I'm not a huge Rager guy. So like I look at the wide receiver group and obviously JJ, we barely even mention his name. That's what we all think of JJ or I think of Whiteside. Um, Greg Ward is, you know, it feels like he's the guy you kind of in a weird way can feel most confident in Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, just being there and being involved. And, you know, he plays a position that, that generally should get a lot of targets in this offense. So, um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like, if this were a real one you could bet on, I would I would probably take the under just because I think it's probably the smart bet, so to speak. But I think he's going to be in that range. And I, I, Elliot, I'll take your thing a step further. I would be surprised if he doesn't lead all wide receivers and catches this year, <laughs> just based on on how I think he's going to be able to stay on the field the most, and and he's the only receiver who I feel like will has the
0: a great chance to play 16 games and get targets in all those games. If I told you Greg Ward led the team, uh, led the receivers in catches, do you think they're a playoff team?
1: Yeah. Uh, look, I like Greg Ward. Okay. I think that, I think, I, I, again, look, they were a playoff team last year with, you know. He didn't lead, no he didn't lead
0: the team in catches. I'm, I'm, right,
1: but he would have if he played all season. Yeah, definitely. For receivers. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's my point. So, yeah, I, I think they could be. Again, I, I don't think it's, a super exciting thing to say about your team, that Craig Ward right. your, your leading catches guy. But yeah, I, I think he, they could, but, um, all right. To your point, would I, would I prefer that you'd said to me, Deshaun leads them in catches? Yeah, of
0: course. Right. I will look if Deshaun leads them in catches that. I think they, the year will have gone very well. If, you know, like if you told me Deshaun finishes like, I agree. Yeah. Um, so if he's staying healthy, that means the offense is moving. So, yeah, that's a good, like, barometer And that means success. they're pushing the ball
1: downfield. I mean, if Deshaun needs team and catches, a, a, per, certainly a, a percentage of those are going to be big catches for big yards. Yeah, although know? I
0: do think they're going to use Deshaun in a lot of – like, I could see him getting a bunch of, like, eight- or nine-yard quick-out type catches. But I, I agree with your point overall. All right, next one I have. I definitely set this one absurdly high. But over-under eight-and-a-half total touchdowns for Boston Scott. I mean, I'll take the under. I mean, he I had five he had five last year.
1: Yeah, but he had that one game with three. So, True. you know, yeah. you kind of... Um, I'd take the under, but look, I think it's a really... Uh, would I be shocked if the season ends and Boston Scott's sitting there with 10 touchdowns? Um, I, I, you know, I would like, probably be shocked, to be honest. I'd probably be shocked. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, think, I think the under is definitely the bet here. Okay, um, I have a secondary one for you. And this is a bit of a, a different type one. Over under, 0.5. Changes at starter in the secondary that are not related to injuries. So I'm basically asking you, will one player this year be benched in the secondary? I'll take the over. Okay, so we. I'm assuming we we all. It's and I not think it could be, be Darius Slay, obviously. And no, it's not gonna I think it's Ryan. either
1: going to be yeah exactly one of those other two spots, whether it's Jalen getting overtaken by either Will Parks or Kavon Wallace or. It's uh, and I don't think it's gonna be Nickel Roby Coleman either. I, I I think it's either that or it's whether Maddox or Jones or Douglas wins that job. That guy
0: getting replaced. Okay.
1: I think it's gonna be one of those.
0: Two. So you're taking the over. You think at one point there will be a change? I do. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. I'm, and then again, that's assuming that that you know it's not like look, Jalen Mills get hurt in the first game and then there's not an opportunity. To, you know what I yeah, mean? But like right. yes, in, the in, in theory, the I think there'll
0: be a change. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. I I would agree. I think. I think the most likely place for a change, though, I'll say is at the cornerback position. Like, uh, who was it? Oh, Jim Schwartz talked this week about how they they really believe in Jalen Mills. And again, like, they're only talking and they're not really going to say anything negative. Like, I get that. But when you think about what Malcolm was really good at last year, it was tackling. Like, it was being in the box as a run defender. Jalen's a really good tackler. Um, I think Jalen's a smart football guy. Malcolm was as well. Uh, Jalen has been defending the other team's best receiver for the majority of weeks. Now he's going to go to covering running backs and uh, tight ends. So, and sometimes obviously nickel, uh, uh, slot receivers, but I, I so I think Jalen could actually succeed in, in that role and I would not bet on him, uh, being benched. Okay. I have three more that are relatively quick ones. How many more do you have? Uh, one more. All right. I'll go. And then you go. Um, this one's kind of COVID related over under 0.5, Stand, fans in the stands this season at the link under i would agree as well i do
1: not th- i do not think a fan is in a football game at any stadium this year that i'll take it a step further i do i do not think you see a fan in a stadium in a football game this year
0: okay i think you do but i don't think it'll be at the link i think one and that's fair yeah I, I don't think it'll be at the link okay um you go and then i'll do my last two
1: okay mine uh, i mean a Pretty obvious one. I figure we can't do a uh, how many games will players on the, the right. team play. Wonder where that's going. Men- yeah. Not mention Jason Peters. So I will say, and I'm going to use the a, a particular term in here, Elliot, um, that that allows for something Jason Peters likes to do: over under 12 games started
0: by Jason Peters this season. Okay, so not so. Like finishing is not finish, a factor here. Yeah, yet. I'm okay. just
1: saying, 12 games. He will be the starting guard for or tackle or whatever happens. But 12 games started. Uh, I
0: think over. I think it's easy too as well.
1: I I, I don't know <laughs> if it's easy, but I agree with you. I look. Uh, it's crazy because anytime you're betting on a 38 or whatever, 39 year old offensive lineman or 37 year old whatever he is, um, you should probably take the under on a game's bet. But I agree with you. I think Jason piers is gonna is gonna start. So uh, the majority of games. You, you want
0: to guess how many times in his career he's played under 12 games. It's a great question. I don't know. Uh I'll say I'll say twice. Okay, so I'm gonna take away his rookie year actually, because I don't know what the situation was there, but it's three years. It's 2017. So 2017, obviously, yeah. 2012 when he was hurt in the offseason. Um, and then his rookie year. But outside of that, last year it was 13, 16 before that, year before that, 16, 14, 16, 16, out for the year. 14, 13, 15, 13. So He's always been relatively healthy. Now, you could argue being on the inside, maybe he's going to be more prone to, you know, someone rolling on his knee, God forbid, you know, something like that, but uh, I think I would definitely take 12 in this case, for sure. Um, all right, two more. In most years, I think this is an easy over, but this year it's a little more complicated. Over under one and a half trades by Howie Roseman in training camp. I'll still say under.
1: I agree. I just think it's going to be harder to make moves right now. It's just harder. It's harder in a pandemic to even think about yeah, making guys move across the country and
0: all that type of stuff. Bringing so someone say, else in your building. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. All that type of stuff. Okay, I agree. I'm going under. One and a half trades. All right, last one. Over under four and a half wins in the division.
1: Over oh, under four and a half wins in the division. That's a great question. Uh, so you're you know, basically – Will they sweep and and will they be? I'll say over. You know what? I think they sweep the... Ah, that's hard. You know what? I'll go under. I I think they get four, though. I think they go four and two in the division, but I got to go under.
0: So I think the Giants are going to be an absolute train wreck this year. So I I think they beat the Giants twice. Washington week one's a tough one. You're on the road, better head coach, new head coach, but better head coach. Uh, They struggled against Washington and Washington last year. First game... That could be a tough one, but I would go under. I think they lose to the Cowboys once, and they lose one of those other games. So I'll go. I'll go four and two in the division next year. All
1: right, let's do one more just for shits and giggles, just because you mentioned Zach Ertz before and you know the whole hair thing. And let's really put this to the test because you can go to the Parks Casino Sportsbook app and bet on this exact bet here: over under 850 and a half yards
0: for Zach Ertz this season.
1: How much is the haircut setting you back, Elliot?
0: Contract year as well in a lot of ways. Like I know he's not actually, but uh, I think in a regular time, you probably would have seen him get a deal this off-season. I think next off If Zach Ertz does not get a contract next off-season, I don't believe he's on the Eagles in 2021. That's like my prediction. Wow. So That's a good one. I'm going to go under. I think Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to go over. What did he finish with last year? It was it over 850 last year? It couldn't. It couldn't. Have I been. think it was. I think it was
1: close to it. Oh no! Well, he missed games at the end, so probably not, right? Right. Well, he only. I think
0: he only missed. I'm one going with game.
1: as we talked about before. I'm. I'm keeping my through line of if I don't trust Alshon, I don't trust Deshaun, I don't particularly think Rieger is going to be great as a rookie. If all those things are true, but I still think the Eagles' offense is going to function relatively well. Then I feel like Ertz has to be over 850, so I will I will take the over. But I I I do think it'll be in the 850 to 900 range. Like
0: I'm not expecting a huge over, but I'd take the over. So all right, looking at his stats, I also think it'll be over because so last year he had 916 yards, so we were we were off about oh, that. Oh, so there you go. He had there you 100. Go. So then he should uh, be yeah over. 135 targets year before 156 <laughs> targets. But where I think he could be a little more this year in targets is where he was in the 2015 to 2016 range when he had like 112, 110, so about 30 or 40 less targets on the year. But in those seasons, he still had 853, 816, and 824. So 850 is a good number. Good job there by Parks. Um, I would bet the under, though. I think that they spread it around a little bit more this year, especially if Deshaun stays healthy. Like I said, I think Miles Sanders is a bigger part of the offense. Um, I also think they might get Goddard more involved. Like, let's be honest, if you're not sure Ertz is back in 2021, there's – only upside to putting Goddard it in there and seeing how he can do. So um, I'll go. I'll go under 850. Yeah, I'm going over. I feel pretty good about it. I here's the
1: thing. I I like a few of these bets. So check out the Parks Wordsworth app and go bet on it because I know I'm going to be doing that because I feel very confident about a couple of the ones we read. Uh, the Rieger under, the uh, Sanders total yards over, and that Ertz over. I feel really good about all three of those bets. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, it's very, just very nice to talk about football. Ah, <laughs> <Like, laughs> oh, you know, that's exactly
1: like you said it before. Look, it's, it's, this is uh, the nature of what we do now is that it's going to have to be like, you know, half of part we're talking about what's going on with COVID. Right. Half we're having fun talking about football, but it's just the world we live in right now and it is what it is. And, and again, you know, as we started the show talking about and all that, like, you know, Doug Peterson is is tested positive and that's, it's big news i mean it's yeah. big news so we have to talk about it and we have to talk about how it affects the team how it affects Doug, all that type of stuff but um i, I mean, got, two it's, really I got nice. two it's really nice
0: to just talk football it is i got all right before we wrap up i got two non-sports things for you ooh, all ooh, right ooh, buddy one of them for his whole time right. yeah all right so one of them is something i'm afraid of and the other one is something I find comforting. You can pick which one you want first. <laughs> All right, let's start with the comforting cuz I want to save the afraid of for later. Okay. So, when I was listening to Doug talk today, and I touched about this, you know, earlier on in the pod, like he's legitimately a very comforting individual. Like the way he carries himself, the way he talks, like I can see why players really like trust him, and I think that's a part of this too where we talk about you know, how this impacts guys. I mean, I could see a legitimate world where Doug testing positive for COVID scares players on the team, like almost like a family member tested positive. Like I could see that reaction. So I was, you know, t- when I was talking to Doug, thinking about how he was comforting, as all journalists do while they're interviewing somebody. And,
1: <laughs>
0: I, I, <laughs> you know, just general big journalism. <laughs> just, stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: I would say it's pretty much what, what goes through journalists' heads. Like, wow. Yeah. Doug is really just a comforting person right. i enjoy spending everyone else time with is,
0: him. <laughs> everyone else thinking of their next question <laughs> live tweeting i'm just like i feel so much better having talked to doug so
1: hashtag the beat writer you need exactly
0: all right so i wrote down three fictional characters that i also oh, I, I love this i also think are very comforting and i'm gonna throw them by you
1: Throw them. Yeah. And while you're doing it, I'll try and think of, of one or two that I could think of who who I would go. with. Okay.
0: Who you got. All right. So this is, in my opinion, like the goat one, no, even none of them really even compare, but definitely, definitely number one on the list coach Taylor Friday night lights. And this is probably the fourth pod in a row. We brought them up for some reason, (laughs) (laughs)
1: like, but definitely
0: number one. Um, okay. I will, I will
1: co I will co-sign that, that coach Taylor, very comforting if i had a problem i would feel very comfortable going to coach to help me out with it
0: okay so this one might be a little controversial i think the dad from boy meets world is more comforting than mr feeney
1: Ooh, i like that take i think both are quite comforting yeah um i like
0: that take you well, yeah you felt good with the uh, yeah with the dad He's i thought guy. that was good what was Six. it? yeah sit with him on the couch oh it seemed like Did i always enjoyed have- it yeah Okay. okay. <laughs> that's a good one. Third, sure, Third one. Third one. And this one's very good. All right. The grandpa who reads his son the story in Never Ending Story. Ah! Oh. Right.
1: Good job. I would also go with the grandpa uh, uh, in Princess Bride as well. Oh, that's who I meant to say. God
0: damn it. I figured that's what he was. That's why yeah, I cheered. Then I stopped no thinking. Grandpa. I was like, wait, did he say there...
1: Never Ending Story? Wait, wait exactly. a minute. Yes. we are uh, talking uh, about Peter Falk in The Princess yes. Bride. As you wish. It's a terrific yes. one.
0: Never ending I story. Also answer.
1: a great movie, by the way, I
0: guess I, yeah. I guess I grouped those together but in my head. I, I, I
1: had a feeling that's where you're going. Cause that's why I got so excited. Cause yes, Peter Fogg and that, that is perfect. That is the, yes. you know, read your story when you're sick. Like, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I'll give you another, I'll give you another, uh, if this woman can wrangle this family and run this ship, Mrs. Weasley, is someone I would feel incredibly comfortable Who's, with? Where's that Mrs. from again? Weasley with Harry Potter. Oh yes, yes Ron's yes. mom. Okay, right, right. I would feel great with Mrs. Weasley. Um, Carl Winslow pops into Ooh, my head. Oh, that's a
0: really, really good one. That's,
1: yeah, I always yeah. felt like Carl Winslow. Like, you know, he had it together. I felt like Carl Winslow. You know, a cop kind of. You just felt yep. comfortable with him. Agreed. Big Carl Winslow fan. So those are the ones that just sitting here pop in my head. This is fun. I like this. You know, hit us up on Twitter at GoBirdsPod. Who's the most comforting fictional character? If you had to like, we, we know, all have them out it, there. We all we all need yeah. them right
0: now. You know, like if you're like sitting at home, that's all, very good. Watching the news, being like, this is depressing. Like, throw on a uh, Princess Bride. I might even do that tonight. Actually, I might. I might. You do should.
1: It. I mean, it's one of the all-time great movies. Well, so.
0: and here's why I might do it. And this is what we'll leave you with. And I've discussed this on the pod a little bit, but I've, I think I'm almost getting ready to tweet it. I'm I'm legitimately terrified <laughs> Hold on, real in.
1: quick real quick I just love the idea of I think I'm getting ready to tweet yeah. it is just
0: it could be I think the I'm, name of your autobiography it, it is yeah really all right <laughs> that are old takes exposed but um Like I said, I'm like legitimately afraid of rain now, and so there's the because of your basement, because of the flood thing, because of the basement and the flood. Yeah. So, which is weird, because my basement hasn't really flooded in, you know, like over a year. Like there's been like very, very, very small bits of water at points when we get like over two inches of rain. But as a result, I check the weather app all the time. So, in the spirit of ending this pod with our over unders, I will ask you this, and then I'll give you mine. The so. The hurricane's coming up the coast. I don't know how to pronounce the name. It's like I I say uh, I it's whatever yeah. it is. Okay. I thought it it's was it's, or something. Yeah. All right. The oh so I've been checking the weather app. I probably've already checked it legitimately 30 times today. And the oh it's gone god. it's gone back and forth somewhere <laughs> tomorrow between like two point eight inches. The high has been around like three point two, but it's kinda like bounced back and forth. I <laughs>
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: want to jinx it my prediction real quick real quick real quick i don't think anyone has ever you always talk about like oh we're supposed to get like five inches of snow or whatever no one ever says i heard we're supposed to get somewhere between 2.8 and 3.2 inches of rain tomorrow so let let me tell you
0: my mood (laughs) so today we're recording this on a tuesday the storm's not supposed to hit our area till till uh we're recording this on a monday sorry recording this on a monday <laughs> Storms not supposed to hit our area till Tuesday. I can tell you that tonight the Westchester area where I live is supposed to get around 0.6 inches of rain and it's bounced back and forth <laughs> from like 0.6 to 0.3, it was as high as 0.8 sometimes. So it's like so I check this all the time. So my prediction for Tuesday of total rainfall under 3 inches. That's where I'm I'm falling at. Under 3 inches on Tuesday in the Philadelphia Westchester you know, try, you know, that area, the South Southern PA area. <laughs> cool. That's good. Yeah. You want, you want to guess? I mean, you, you have nothing to base this off of. So <laughs> I literally I, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll say, I think you're right. Okay. All right. There we go. I call. I'll give you a number. How about
0: 2.2? That's, huh, that's insanely low. I'd be very happy if it was 2.2. 2. I'm just hoping it doesn't 2. get 2. over. It's like, coming way under. I'll yeah. Be. Way under. Yeah. 2.2 2 is low. Uh, I would just tell everybody out there respect weather. I mean, it literally impacts our life every <laughs> single day. Well, whatever the weather's doing impacts what you're doing. I don't think we give it enough respect. Like when you talk about what people are afraid of, like general things, like you know, like heights, uh, death, like public speaking, why is weather not on that list? It 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 can change your day completely. (laughs) It could wreck everything. Like it could come through and like wreck your house. It could flood. Like everything could be bad. I think weather needs more respect. So it's gonna be a long forty eight hours for me is all I'm gonna say. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday, you might already know the answer and you know tweet me and ask how I'm doing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> check in, check yeah. in. What are you most afraid of? Oh, I'm. uh you have death. That that really scares me. It's. Uh, yeah. Oh, me. Now rain, man. Yeah, rain is scary shit. You literally dude. can't control really? it. You can't. I see a drop come and I am terrified.
0: I mean, I I've run my dishwasher and done my laundry today because I'm worried that the power might go out tomorrow. Like oh, I like this amazing. is what my day has been spent doing. So when like earlier when you called me to talk about what we're gonna record on the pod and I said I was having a rough day. That is why. This is what's been bothered. Today. <laughs> oh,
1: my God.
0: Yeah. Elliot! So if anyone out there sympathizes, Funny. let me know.
1: Yeah. It, it, please. Yeah. I think Elliot needs some help on this one. So yeah. if, if there is someone else out there is definitely afraid of the rain. Come <laughs> e, on. So- 2020, 2020, <laughs> I tell you. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you got any final thoughts?
0: No. I mean, that's literally all I've been thinking about. Just be so. afraid of rain. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Man,
1: it's my final thought. Be Pray for me.
0: Rain. At least it's going to be during the day. I hate when I go asleep, go to sleep and it's going to rain overnight, but at least it'll be during the day tomorrow. So, Do you just go to bed and just you're like, oh God, I could wake up and, I mean, I, and disaster. I don't sleep. Like it'll take me like an hour and a half <laughs> oh, no. to fall asleep. Like Kristen will be laying next to me. And- wow. It, it doesn't this is a real yeah. thing it doesn't bother her which is the which is oddly comforting because then I'm like well maybe I don't need to be worried but it does not bother her it doesn't bother
1: most people I know <laughs> most people hear the rain outside and say oh it's raining and
0: it's a shame cool. because I used to love rain prior to my basement flooding and now it's just completely ruined it for me like oh, like body. I'm not saying I'm gonna I'm not saying I would sell the house but I, I legitimately
1: <laughs> oh my god it, it, it
0: flooded once though like why right. why wouldn't wouldn't
1: the many times it is not flooded be more the the thing that you
0: latch onto rather than the one time it did? Yeah, maybe. But all I know is next time I'm buying a house, <laughs> the first thing I'm asking is do you have a French drain system and do you get water in the basement? Like those are one and two on my priority for the next time I buy a house.
1: <laughs> you are scarred for life from this. Legitimately.
0: I'm like, it's it, like, it's funny and everything, but well, like, it's kind of my... not.
1: <laughs> it's not. Right. When my, when my basement flooded, um, uh, like a couple months into moving into the place we live at. Um, it was like, I get it. Cause I had like a couple months where every time it rained, I was like, Oh God, is it going to flood yes. again? And then I just realized, no, it's not,
0: it's not going to flood again. And I'm cool. But this right. is... Well, but that's my thing. Sorry, Even buddy. if it does flood, like it's flooded before and everything was okay. Nothing broke. We just got the water out and that was it. But it just, it's like my thing. Like I'm sure everybody out there has their thing where it's like a ra- Well, I don't even think it's a rational number one, but like a thing that you're I'm just a little irrational. <laughs> thing that you're just like very afraid of. Like rain <laughs> is my thing. It is my thing. I'm afraid of. It's number one on my list. I've officially gone to that point with my take.
1: Oh so, my
0: God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't tweet that one. I think you're right.
0: No, people will be think- <laughs> very mean about it, but it's okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, buddy. Well, now that I know this, I am gonna I'm gonna pray for not rain.
0: They always say pray for rain. I'm praying for no rain now. Right. Well, we're definitely getting rain on, on Tuesday. So I wish everybody good luck. And uh we'll be <laughs> we'll be back later this week to record another one and I'll let you guys know how it went.
1: Oh, please. in fact next week's pod, or excuse me, later this week when we record again, it is it is the number one thing we will talk about is Did Elliot make it through the ring?
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, like the over under I'm setting, like I said, I'm like, this is what I'll be paying attention to. So I'm excited to talk about it, both terrified <laughs> and excited. Oh, I don't even know what to say. I think you should just wrap up and let me go. Thank you again yeah. to
1: Parks Casino and Sportsbook. We are super excited to um, have them as uh, part of the pod, our partner on the pod. So. Um, thank you to them. We'll be back uh, later in this week. Uh, pray for less rain for Elliot. Keep him in your prayers. Amen. And seriously, keep Doug Peters in your prayers, obviously, and, and anyone affected by uh, by what's going on. So, um...
0: <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll talk to you guys later. See you.